What's up, everybody? It's Bo here from the TV Talk Podcast, talking about the finale for Kenobe TV Talk. Hello there. He said the thing at the end. He, he said it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, okay, man. All right. So a lot to talk about in a little bit of time. Hopefully, uh, Bell and I will be doing a, uh, a Kenobi TV Talk in full. But I want to talk about a couple of things here. First of all, the mask. In the final confrontation with Obi-Wan, uh, we get this epic, epic moment where he slices the mask and we get a chance to see Anakin. We have both Anakin and Vader's voices coming through and and we see specifically, and I love this, the commitment that this is not Anakin. And in Vader's mind, he is not Anakin. And not only that, in Vader's mind, Obi-Wan did not kill Anakin. Vader killed Anakin. And not only is Obi-Wan having to tell himself that later on in the future, no, Vader is telling him this right now now, probably not realizing this, but freeing Obi-Wan in many respects from the shame and the guilt that has been weighing on him for all this time. Obi-Wan Kenobi did not kill Anakin Skywalker. Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. And Vader knows that. Vader wants to own that. Vader wants to be, this is who I am now. And so we've seen this before. Uh, in fact, you could ar- argue that the idea of slicing Vader's helmet to reveal Anakin underneath has become something of a go-to, maybe maybe, maybe a well that's gone to a little bit too much in Star Wars uh, media. But if I could push back on that notion a little bit, it, it hasn't happened too much per se. Uh, it just depends on the media because we've never seen this in live action. We've, I don't believe, yeah, we've never seen this in live action. And so, it's by the way, it's way more powerful in live action. It looks freaky. It was scary. Hayden did a fantastic job. I mean, like that was incredible. Loved that scene. Uh, we've only seen it, I believe, once in animation, which is when he fought Ahsoka. In fact, there was a lot of different kind of connection points between those two battles, between Anakin's former apprentice and Anakin's former master in where Vader is in this kind of stage in his life. And that's exactly where he finds himself. So, so we, we see that exact same kind of concept explored in animation and it was powerful and it was great for the time. Now here's what the area where I think it's been done a little bit too much. And that is in the realm of video games, video games love to rip apart Vader's armor when you have to, when you fight him, <laughs> because that imagery is so cool you know, it's just something that ends up coming up in time. I'm thinking specifically the Force Unleashed. I think this happened a few times in the Force Unleashed. And it did feel a little bit like, okay, you know, I mean, I get it. We're dealing, Starkiller is like super powerful and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, is a well that video games, I think, should probably steer clear from. But in terms of animation, we've only gotten it once. In terms of live action, we've only got it once. And I think it worked really, really well in both times. Yes, there were similarities. But you got to remember, a lot of people have not seen the animated shows, and that's fine. Uh, and that's unfortunate because the animation is is fantastic. And the reality is, if you hadn't watched, you know, seven seasons of the Clone Wars, then that scene in Rebels and the second season of Rebels is not going to hit the same kind of way. It's so it's it's a big commitment to get to that moment. Here, if you've just been watching the movies and then you pick up Kenobi, yeah, it it hits it hits in kind of a similar kind of fashion. So anyway, fantastic. Really, really loved this. Gosh, okay, I, I can't not make comparisons though, because if you think about his Vader's battle with Ahsoka, with when he he offers for her to join him, right? Like now, I think it's been kind of confirmed that that's a lie. But even let's like take a look at that approach. He he says, you know, we need not be enemies. Like you know, you you can team up with me. You can join our side. 
he's got no kind of offers for Kenobi. You know what I mean? Like he does that with his son. Join me and together we'll take down the empire. I mean, like he's looking for a buddy. He wants nothing to do with Kenobi other than to make him suffer. There is just pure rage, pure hatred there. And it is just done so effectively in this brutal fight sequence, uh, powerful moments between uh, Kenobi and, and Obi or rather Obi-Wan and uh, Invader loved the, you know, all of the rocks. Kenobi has got all the rocks when he has that moment of clarity uh, well, it's not just that moment of clarity, actually. That clarity comes afterwards. Yeah, you know, you my apologies. I'm literally just having watched the episode, so all of this is fresh. It's after he thinks of Leia and Luke. You know, he's touching on a truth that Anakin knew several years before, which is that love is not something to be afraid of. It is not a weakness. It is, in fact, a strength. The dogmatic view of the Jedi, as Palpatine kind of lied with the truth about, is kind of holding the Jedi back. And yes, Palpatine's like, you know, so dead to the dark side, but beyond the Palpatine way of looking at it, let's, let's, let's kind of give credit where credit is due and point out that yes, the dogmatic view of the Jedi was holding them back. They were in desperate need of a reformation. You know what I mean? Like they needed, uh, they needed Qui-Gon, but Qui-Gon died. Had Qui-Gon not died, I, you know, he could have like potentially even branched off and kind of created an entirely like new Jedi order, you know, and, and been something quite different, raising Anakin as a different kind of Jedi, one that wasn't afraid to fear or wasn't told to hate what he loved. You know, like there, there was a, there was a path that could have been that was cut off because ultimately this is, you know, where, where the future lies. So, yeah. So I love the fact that we get a chance to see Obi-Wan in fact, getting a little bit of enlightenment in this experience of tapping into that love and then thus tapping into a power he's never quite been able to display before. And again, that was not him tapping into the dark side. There are passions that connect you with the dark side and love can lead to those passions, but this is not it. This is a pure love. This is a parental love. And so anyway, I think it was, uh, I think it was really, um, really, really well done. Speaking of parental love, uh, the scene where he shares with Leia at the end of it and he gets to kind of pass on like, you know, hey, you know what? I did know your parents and, you know, I see their gifts, both their gifts, Padme's and Anakin's gifts in you. Of course, he never shares their name for obvious reasons, but but that moment was so great. And it reminded me of what I still think of all of these like super heroic moments and incredible like, you know, special effects. In my mind, one of the most powerful moments in the entire series is Leia looking at Obi-Wan and asking him, are you my real father? And that Man, that just crushed me. <laughs> it just really crushed me when I saw that scene. And it's gonna, I think that's one of the scenes that's going to really stick with me the most from this series as a whole. The Leia-Obi-Wan relationship dynamic was not necessarily something that I think any of us saw coming. Uh, I think, you know, many people would say nobody asked for this. Fair, fair. Nobody did. But as I've argued before, it makes sense in that it would be the reason why Obi-Wan would leave Tatooine. Um, it's, it's of equal value and importance to the larger plan and, and what's going on. And so that makes total sense. The, uh, messaging that she sends later on, you know, general Kenobi, you helped my father in the clone wars. Don't, don't, don't worry about that little adventure we went on when I was a kid. Let me, let me, let me give a little bit of pushback on that. Cause a lot of people are like, ah, this breaks canon. No, no, it does not break canon. It does it feel a little off knowing what we know now. Maybe. However, Let's just say that like you're a kid and you go on like, I don't know, uh, uh, what's the thing with the kids in the schools and they go to a thing? Field trip. Let's say you go on a field trip, okay? Or you go on like a class trip to like, I don't know, you do like a, a study abroad type situation and parents are sent along that are like, 
you know, counselors or uh, chaperones or something like that. Well, you know, while you're there, you know, like that's still like your, your dad's friend or your mom's friend. You don't really consider them your friend. Like they're part of the experience with you and, and you've kind of gone and you've had like a week together in, in wherever, but at the same time, like, you know, it's not like you're now buddy buddies. So when you talk to them, like 20 years later, or 15 years later, or however long, you're not going to be like, Hey, remember that thing that we did? No, this was still your parents' friend. So you're going to refer to them as your parents' friend. So y'all, y'all, y'all get off that one. Okay. You just got to let that one go. It's a little weird, but you just got to let it go. Reva gets the choice, the fateful choice that is always in every single Star Wars uh, storyline eventually. Uh, here she has that moment to choose the light or the dark. And of course she does choose uh, to turn back to the light. And so I think we're we're going to see, I have a feeling we'll see her come back in some form or fashion. Uh, if they explore this concept of the path in particular, I think that that would make a lot of sense that she might try to help there to do some redemptive work. The fact of the matter is she's killed kids before, you know, she's hunted down Jedi. This is, this is, you know, from that standpoint, it's not new. What's different now is that she's striking this child down in a different kind of rage before she was looking at it as like, you know, this is the cost of having to get where I need to get to avenge everyone. And now what she's looking at rather than being able to take out Vader is striking down somebody else. And so it's a different, it's different. It, it seems similar, but, it, but, but it's not. So anyway, she's turned, she's turned to the light side. So we'll probably see her again. Okay, Qui-Gon shows up. I uh, would have loved a little bit more Qui-Gon, a little bit more interaction between the two, but totally understand what we got and why we got it. Um, who knows if we'll ever get some more there. I just love the fact that we actually got to see Force Ghost Qui-Gon. That's been a long time coming. So, uh, you know, I, it, there seemed to be a little bit of like maybe a hint of a promise of more. So if we get more, I'm here for it. It'd be great to see Qui-Gon maybe even participate. If, you know, again, I'm just theorizing here. But if they ever do like a path series where they talk about kind of Jedi on the run, would be really awesome if we see Qui-Gon, you know, play in as kind of a mentor role uh, to the Jedi of that time. We know that Luke are, you know, we know that Yoda rather and Obi-Wan, they, they need to focus on Luke and we don't really want to keep pulling him in here, there and everywhere. This happens a lot. Yoda pops up in a lot of Star Wars media during this era and it's like, okay, well, okay, that's cool. But wouldn't it be cool if we actually had like the option to maybe like keep Yoda where he is in canon and explore some different things with other characters from canon that we would love to see more, you know, fleshed out in this era. And I think a Force Ghost Qui-Gon could be kind of cool in that. They'd probably have to recast him. You know, I mean, Liam Neeson, he's got a particular set of skills and uh, typically those cost a lot of money. So they might have to recast him. That'd be okay. I'd be okay with that. All right, if I'm going to keep this short, I'm going to have to cut it off here. Uh, there's so much more to talk about. Owen and Baru representing for their kid. Uh, just that whole parental dynamic was really solid. Can't say enough how much I love the Vader and Kenobi just relationship and what was explored here and what it sets up for the future. Just really, really great. Uh, and yeah, I guess I guess that's it for now. Okay. Let us know your thoughts. Use the hashtag Kenobi TV Talk on Twitter. You can follow us at TV Talk FM or find all of our contact information and more at TV Talk.fm. That's going to do it for us for today. But don't worry, we'll be back in a flash. 